Hello, welcome back to another super fun episode of Talent Takeover Unfiltered, where we will be tackling, if you are interviewing right now, which I'm sure a lot of you are, you need to make sure that you're asking those tough questions. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? It's How's just been a... California. <laughs> you really, you want to really know? Fuck, it's been a day. But <laughs> that's a, that's irrelevant. Enough about me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm sure it has. Um, it's. I feel like everybody that I talk to sounds like it's been a day. It's been a week. Um, it's just, it's just a different time right now that we're experiencing. But I'm excited to talk to you today about, you know, about if you're interviewing, make sure to ask the tough questions and really give that advice to people. I think it's super valuable given what's going on right now in the market. Um, and also want to encourage everybody to stay on till the end of the episode. Just make sure to check out that broke to boss tip of the week. You'll find some valuable information there. They're always good ones. But for this particular thing, since we are seeing so many people with the layoffs and, and interviewing, this one's probably going to nail it. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the feedback will be on this episode. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into it because this is something that, you know, I know um, you feel really strongly about. And this is actually, I think, a little even controversial when you think about it, because um, normally we're used to, you know, the company like grilling us and, and talking about us, and, you know, putting us back and, you know, scaring us, giving anxiety. But this is flipping the, the script a bit right. on what you're supposed to be asking the company. So what do you think about that? So what I think is, is so interesting about this topic, um, when I was reading a bunch of articles about it, is that, you know, we've all seen that it's been a candidate-driven market for a while now, at least a year. So we all know that, right? That the things that we can ask for, the transparency, the transparency, the the work from work life, excuse me, work-life balance, these things that you could never really talk about in the interview process before you can now talk about. And that's kind of been a theme. But then this one I thought was so interesting because this is a very recent theme. I feel like we're seeing based on, it's driven by business and the market needs and what's going on in the economy. So you know me, I always love when new shit comes to light for me with recruiting because oftentimes we're like, okay, we've been doing this forever. So I, I feel like as these things shift and as you get to start kind of peeling back the layers and it really just becomes, you know, we had this candidate driven market. And then now, now what's this going to be called? What is this mm. that we're living in? I mean, that could probably be a whole nother episode. Like what yeah, is this moment? <laughs> what is this That's moment whole, called? <laughs> it's a whole other thing because, you know, candidates aren't having all the power as much as they were the last year, which again, yes. I think is another episode. However, what they still need to make sure they have is the uh, respect, the mutual respect so true. from companies. And so, so you get that through questions, I think. Um, but God, I, I have to just say when uh, I remember if someone would have asked me like a few years back, hey, how's your work-life balance? I'd be like, out, get out of my office. <laughs> this is a goddamn sales job. Get out of my office. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even asking about growth plans. So it's interesting. So we had one situation come up that just came up this week that I was like, oh my gosh, the timing of that, how ironic. But um, a candidate asked one of our recruiters who's supporting one of our amazing clients. Um, we absolutely love this client, super good partner to us. 
nice little plug there. I'm not going to say their name, but they know who they are. <laughs> um, but the candidate asked that and they were a little taken aback by that. But the expectation, as far as asking, what are your growth plans? The expectation is that employers are transparent about that. And then every article I read was like, if an employer is reluctant or potential employers reluctant to give you this information, that's a red flag. So it's like, whenever have employers been required to disclose things like this? And, and you bring up a great example of when someone, when you were interviewing years ago and someone, if they would have asked you X, what your response would have been. I would love to know from your perspective, if go, it wasn't going, what's going on in the market today wasn't going on. If someone had come to you and asked you the tough questions like, okay, Brianna, it's my turn to ask you questions. What are your growth plans for the next year? What's the next time you'll, when's the next time you'll review those growth plans? What's the average tenure of the team? Like these things that I feel like are typically maybe only certain level roles or individuals are privy to this type of information, or maybe it would have been acceptable to ask this type of information. Mm -hmm. um, like a, a chief growth officer or something can, obviously that's relevant to ask about growth plans and whatnot. But I feel like, you know, now anybody can ask these questions. You're supposed to ask these questions. Yeah, it's crazy. It's um, when you think back to when we first started asking people their salary, and it was like, whoa, that's so rude. Now, when you're asking what's your growth plans, it's like, oh, that's so rude. Like, that's a personal question, but it's actually not. And so my answer to that, if someone asked me those questions, I would probably hire that person immediately because those are some badass questions. It means like, oh, you're actually thinking farther than your nose. Great. Like, that's a good thing. Um, I think about how many employees always say like, oh, just putting my head, head down, getting shit done. Why don't you keep your head up so you know what's going on? Mm -hmm. When you know what's going on, you can do better, think better, you know, help more. So, yeah, I, I love those. I would be loved to ask those questions because it would put me on my seat and be like, oh, shit. Okay. So that's good perspective to have that the whole purpose of this episode, I was kind of thinking this is more geared towards candidates interviewing, but this could also be geared towards hiring managers as far as learning what questions to prep for. You may be asked some new questions that you've never been asked before. And how do you prep for those and to expect those and to not have the reaction like, I'm not going to share that information because again, every article I read said, if an employer is not willing to share this information, it's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's kind of go into what some of those questions are. We already talked about, you know, asking the question, what are your growth plans for the next year? Mm -hmm. When is the next time you will review those growth plans? What do you think about that one? Do you think any of these are getting a little too invasive? Like the first answer should have been good enough. Yeah. The, yeah, the review is a lot. Um, so I think about uh, a candidate the other day when they were getting their offer, they wanted to know the strike price of the equity. And again, I'm not going to dig into that, but it's like, well, if you really want to know, this is set by a board of directors and they go over it every three months, but that's not a set thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, depending on the size of the company really depends on if they know. I mean, think about us, like we're, you know, a year old, right? And so it's like, when's the next time I'm going to brew? <laughs> I don't know. When's the next time I have to pivot and fix something? You know, it's like, so it's like, that is a hard, it's a hard question. So I, I really, and, but the way I would answer that is exactly how I did. And it's super truthful. So I think from a candidate's perspective, I don't know if it's exactly about what the actual answer itself is. I think it's about the honesty and the transparency in that answer to make them feel good. Cause I think that's a whole other thing. You want to work for a company that, you know, talks to talk, walks the walk. Absolutely. I, I think that that's great perspective. And I know here that's a thousand percent the case and how that would be received. Just like you said, I would probably hire this person. I do think there are going to be companies out there that are going to be 
offended and they're just not there yet right this is yeah. very new emerging trend to ask these tough questions given what's going on in the market and so i think employers they're not there yet they'll get there but being that this is what we do for a living you know we do recruiting we talk to different clients we give them recommendations like you said we've always got our heads up looking for the new trends the latest and greatest hence how i stumbled on these articles because yeah. things change so quickly you've constantly got to educate yourself but i think what I took away from your response to that is that it's it's more about the actual willingness to share an answer and not be guarded with that information. Mm -hmm. And even if that answer is that's not really set in stone and it could depend on when we have to pivot again, that is a true, honest answer. And I know I would receive it and have so much respect for that. But there are people out there that would be like, okay, that makes me if, if you can't check all these boxes, that makes me a little bit nervous. Sure. But to me, the what are your growth plans for the next year would if I got an answer to that, it would be suffice. I wouldn't need to know or require knowing when's the next time you're going to review those. Um, but going yeah, that's on too nitty gritty for sure. It, yeah, I think so. I think that that's too, but I think it could happen and employers should be prepared to have an answer mm -hmm. to that. That's not like, how dare you fucking ask me that question? <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, going on to what is the average tenure of the team? This is one that I feel like is always relevant has always been relevant thoughts yeah. yeah i mean i've personally never been asked that question um over the years but yeah it's i mean it's relevant like uh i know like with engineers okay so like when we first get a client i i look through i do the sourcing map right i look through all of the team members and i look to see how good the team is currently and are they older members or are they newer members because to me that's that trend are they hiring better or are they hiring a little more loosey-goosey so that is like kind of the the trend I would look for as a candidate perspective. But um, so again, sometimes, and I just relate it to ourselves, sometimes when you're so new, it's really difficult to do that and have an answer for that. Um, but I think for a little bit of larger companies, like three, three plus years, I think that's for sure a question because we want people to stay. And when people don't stay, it's always a red flag. Um, and it's almost like, you know, as, a, as an employer, I, I would almost want to say like, um, these people didn't stay, but it was not their choice. Or these people didn't stay, but it was, you know, it was there. But, you know, so I think the tenure question from my point of view is a really difficult one to answer. Um, but again, absolutely do candidates want to ask that question and ask about the team and ask about um, the happiness of it. And hey, like, how long do people stay? Uh, for sure. I mean, when I when I had techies, like, I, you know, I had that for like 12 years, and I would boast all the time about I've had employees for five years, six years, seven years, eight years, 10 years, you know, I would talk about that all the time. And that was easy, because I had that. So yeah sorry tangent on that one <laughs> no i i took i was actually writing some things down because i took a couple good nuggets away from your one response so first off i'm like you gave me chills i'm like this is exactly why everybody that is interested in getting in recruiting should take our thriver thriversity courses because of exactly what you just said is the way you prep for clients and the mm -hmm. research that you do i'm like oh that just that i mean i'm nerding out right now but that just gave me chills you know because it's like the homework that you need to do and i know you cover that extensively in our course and i just think that that's something that regardless of if you're in a recruiter role if you're in a leadership role if prepping and knowing your clients and knowing their talent because that's our job is to know their talent and then how do we go find you know the perfect candidate persona for them i just think that again that gave me chills and i'm like diversity y'all 
Yes. Shameless plug, <laughs> but diversity. Love it. <laughs> and then the second part to that is I'm just baffled that you've never been asked that question because mm -hmm. I feel like it's so common. And maybe it was in my Renaissance recruiting world that it was very, very common that people would ask this. But you also think when you're talking RPOs, recruitment process outsourcing, a lot of you hire people for these clients and for these clients and based on their business needs and how many openings they need to fill and what types of openings. So you'll go hire the team that needs to support those openings. And so sometimes, you know, when a client, if like we saw with, um, with the global pandemic, right, we had some clients that specifically were in the airline industry that were really affected yeah. by that. And obviously nobody could have anticipated that. And so there could be those unforeseen things, but because in my world that I came from, we did RPO. People would ask that because it was often like, if, if there's not another client for you to go to and you lose a contract or just the contract ends, it's kind of mm -hmm. one of those things that makes people entering into the RPO world a little bit nervous. So I think that's an interesting differentiator between agency and RPO too. Yeah, we, we constantly, you and I constantly talk about the difference between corporate recruiting and agency recruiting. And, you know, everything I know is agency recruiting. And I just think that it moves faster, but it just moves different as well. Um, so, so it's, yeah, so that's like, there was always another client. There was always someone else that needed us. It was like, that was never the issue. It was more of a, like, we got to choose, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And then we would hire for like, these niche clients, these specific roles, these sometimes manufacturing, you, sometimes they want some somebody local to that locate geographic location. You know, it was very specific as far as the teams that you would hire to deploy that obviously they'd be our employees, but they go support these clients. So I, I feel like that's an interesting, that's an interesting one. We could probably make another episode about that, but if I had a dollar <laughs> yeah. for every time we said that too. I know. <laughs> um, so, okay. How much has the company grown over the past year? Yeah. Uh, that for sure. Uh, that That's a no-brainer question. You have to ask that. And I think that it even more important is how much is the company going to grow and how soon? And what plans do you have behind that? Because like whenever you hear high growth, it's super exciting. But high growth is also scary because do they have enough managers in place to handle the growth? Are they hiring the managers first or are they hiring the ICs first? So those are all, I think, yeah, that's like a whole other can of worms that I would want to know if I'm joining a hyper growth company. Yeah, exactly. Well, and one of the things that I read and one of my good takeaways from that article was for candidates, the best thing to focus on are the company mission position and the opportunity for future growth. Mm -hmm. Of course, money matters too, but mm -hmm. companies that are paying the most are also the quickest to lay off people. Always. Why do you, oh my God. You, I, okay. You just gave me the chills. Why do people not realize that? Like, okay. It, I, I know we want to value ourselves to the utmost ability, right? Like we're like, I am worth so much money, you know, great. But how does your spidey sense not go off if you're getting offered 20,000 plus more than anyone else is offering you? Like, and people are just like, well, I'm worth it, obviously. Well, or red flag, one, no one's joining that company, so they had to boost up, or two, they don't care because they're going to use you and lose you. So, like, there's just so many, yeah, <laughs> the wording on that, I'm like, yes, write that down, use you or lose you. I don't know why I thought of a stripper pole, but I did. Um, <laughs> well, I just want the hamburger Marys, okay? Drag queen show. Uh, okay, yeah, anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, like, that is its own separate thing. I, oh, that's a video. And I just gave you $2 for that one. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go buy myself something real nice with that, <laughs> given the, the inflation we're experiencing. But um, no, I, I just, I love this subject because I've, and there's a long list of them. I just yes. kind of put the questions that I felt like were the high notes that we needed to hit on. And I love the perspective. And I definitely think we should do it from a, a hiring manager perspective now. Like how do you respond to these tough questions that you are going to start getting asked? Yeah. And the, the biggie is layoffs. You're going to yep. start getting asked about all of those things. People want to feel nice and comfy in their role. But again, and I'm not going to tangent because I just won't do it. But big companies is not that. Big companies yep. are the ones that let go first. Like you have to just know that. Yep. Uh, uh, should we wrap this up? Is it broke boss yeah. time? Yeah, I think so. Um, kind of basic, guys. We have already covered this and already said it. But it really is just if you summarize everything we've discussed today, broke to boss tip ask the tough questions but also understand that regardless of the answers no job is 100 percent secure 100 percent, love that and by the way you are not a basic bitch, so nothing's basic that comes out of your mouth <laughs> so true i don't know why i just uh, i i just shortchanged like, myself Fuck you that, did. Shit. <laughs> that was nasty <laughs> thank you for reminding me who i am <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, again, this has been super fun. If you have, you know, if you found this valuable, which I hope you did, please send this out to all your friends. And we've been loving it. You know, actually, we got a couple of reviews. So that's exciting. So keep subscribing and keep listening. We are, we'll see you next Tuesday. Have a good one, y'all.